0: Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. Hey, it's
1: my mom. Mama.
0: And Glenn Levens. That's how I know.
2: This is Morning Air.
1: On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.
0: Yes. Top of the morning Good to you. It's Tuesday, February 13th, 2024. Good morning, and welcome back to our number two of Morning Air on this Fat Tuesday, also known as Mardi Gras. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn Leverance and producer Gabby Burke in for Sarah Tafoya. Thanks so much uh, for making us a part of your morning, wherever you may be across America and beyond, listening to us here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Now, in case uh, you missed us talking about it yesterday and uh, we tried to share the good news uh, with with the folks yesterday as much as we could, uh, I just want to say once again a huge, heartfelt thank you to you, our Relevant Radio family, for just uh, another... Amazing Give from the Heart uh, Winter Pledge Drive last week. Perhaps uh, the best uh, Winter Pledge Drive we've ever had. Thank you for your incredible generosity and unbelievable support. We did reach our goal of $3 million in the final minutes of the Drew Mariani show last Friday at about 4 32 p.m. Central Time. Thanks uh, to our many, many prayers uh, and uh, to our Blessed Mother, Our Lady of Lourdes and her intercession. Uh, we we can't do it uh, without all those prayers. If you missed uh, our pledge drive last week, for whatever reason it may be, uh, you were on vacation, out of the country, uh, just uh, too, too busy, you can still uh, give from the heart and make a tax-deductible donation by uh, giving us a call 877 291 or online at relevantradio.com, or uh, you can make uh, your pledge uh, through the Relevant Radio app. I also want to remind you that Lent uh, starts tomorrow with Ash Wednesday, and uh, it uh, falls uh, this year on Valentine's Day. In fact, Catholic apologist William Albrecht will join us uh, in a few minutes to talk about the biblical and the historical roots of Lent. Today is also the 19th anniversary of the death of Sister Lucia of Fatima. She was the last surviving witness of the three children to whom the Blessed Mother appeared at Fatima, Portugal. She died on this day in 2005 at the age of 97. Sister Lucia died on the 13th day of the month, which is so providential because that was the same day in which Mary always appeared to to her and the children. Our email, if you want to reach us directly with any thoughts or story ideas or if you want to share with us why uh, you uh, supported the mission of Relevant Radio last week. We'd love to hear from you. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. I want to bring in uh, Glenn once again. Hey, Glenn, what are a few of the big stories uh, making headlines uh, this hour here on this Fat Tuesday Morning.
3: Uh, Folks in the northeast, John waking up to a big storm system. Uh, Six to ten inches of snow expected uh, through Philly, New York, and up through Boston. Some coastal flooding with uh, winds pushing water in uh, from offshore and uh, just a mess out there. Schools have been switched to remote learning for New York City, and so not quite a snow day. But, you know, I imagine some of that video stuff might end a little bit early, so some fun could be had. But uh, not fun as the mayor of New York City asking folks, John, to stay off the roads.
0: Yeah, I'm looking uh, on the big monitor here in the studio, and it looks like a a winter wonderland there in the northeast. It is is coming down, supposed to be coming down, I believe, like uh, um, one or two inches an hour.
3: Yeah, just a really good snowstorm, but, uh, you know, fun to look at, but not fun to to drive in or have to be waiting for public transportation out in the midst of that. And uh, again, uh, kids will be home doing uh, distance learning today in New York City. And uh, I believe that in Boston as well, it is a,
0: a snow day. So you, do you think kids still enjoy snow days like uh, like in the past?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, not a pure snow day is there are more electronic ways to still have to do the schoolwork. But uh, like I said, probably, yeah, I'll be out a little bit early.
0: Um, and meanwhile, um, the uh, House Speaker has cast doubts on the the, the huge uh, aid package uh, as senators
3: grind towards a final vote. Uh, what is the latest? I believe that they were up uh, most of the night. Yeah, some bipartisan work in the Senate there. Uh, a rare all-night session passing an over $95 billion aid package for Ukraine to fight against Russia, for Israel, with their battle with Hamas, and for Taiwan to beef up uh, you know, defense is uh, you know keeping an eye toward China as well, but the House, uh, you know, not not as interested there. So passage isn't uh, necessary uh, necessarily an, an easy thing in the House. Whether it's automatically a no go, don't know for sure, but uh, not not looking good.
0: Your sense of what the the main
3: obstacle is uh, on the House side? Well, Republicans in the House seem a little more less oriented to you know. Maybe they're a little more in one, you know, kind of an almost an old fashioned word to look at it, isolationist as far as the role of the U.S. Thinking we ought to uh, take care of the the border, uh, you know, with Mexico first and, uh, you know, maybe not be pouring as much money into into other countries. And as we uh, look through history, uh, sometimes this has come back to to bite the U.S. when they've uh, kind of stepped away from world politics and find themselves uh, playing catch up with some major conflicts. Um meanwhile yesterday we we talked about uh, the big game
0: uh, Super Bowl 58 on Sunday we weren't sure exactly how big it actually was but the the numbers are in uh, the Nielsen numbers ha- have come out and it turns out that uh, it was uh, it was massive Glenn
3: over 123 million folks uh, watching in the US in a variety of fashions and It's one of the remaining, maybe the only uh, remaining event that everybody is tuned into all at the same time. So much TV is watched at our own time, at our own pace, uh, not necessarily live along with everyone else. Uh, Did you know that broadcast over-the-air TV watching accounts for less than 20% of, uh, of television consumption on our screens anymore? And so this is one event that gets everybody doing the same thing at the same time, which is why you get those uh, $7 million price tags in the 30 second ads. John.
0: Absolutely. So uh, we're talking about CBS uh, television network, Paramount, Nickelodeon, Univision, CBS sports, and the NFL digital properties. When you put it all together, 123.4 million, which uh, obviously blew by uh, last year's uh, total of 115.1 millions in Super Bowl 57. Bottom line, uh, the Chiefs uh, win back-to-back uh, Super Bowls. And in case you missed it, uh, here is that magical moment one more time uh, thanks uh, to uh, our friends at Westwood One.
3: First and goal at the three. Lining up in the clock at 10 seconds and ticking. In the shotgun, Mahomes. Four-man front. Receiver motion. Low snap. He runs and he throws. Caught. Touchdown. It's caught. Hardman caught the ball. The
1: Chiefs have won. The Chiefs have one
0: The entire bench empties, chasing Mahomes in the end zone! Their third
3: Super Bowl in five years!
0: Glenn, you gotta love it. You, I, I could listen to it uh, so many times. Uh, that, that is just a, a
3: fantastic call. No, a sad thing if you're a 49ers fan, but uh, just as a football fan in general, Kevin Harlan on the call there does a great, great job. Oh my goodness, Kevin Harlan is... He is uh, one of the best. And, you know, there's such a difference between the way they
0: call the games on radio as opposed to television. Because you, in television, you want to, you know, get out of the way and let the pictures uh, do the speaking.
3: Yeah, radio, you were describing everything. And uh, actually caught the early part of the game while driving on Sunday to hear uh, the beginning of the game from Harlan's point of view. And, uh, yeah, just beautiful description of where everything was on the field. Uh, you know, who's where and what, uh, what the weather's like and everything else. I love it. Um, Meanwhile, uh, today is uh, Fat Tuesday.
0: Happy Fat Tuesday, uh, Glenn. And to you as well. Got any big plans for tonight? Well, um I'm... Yes, we do. As a matter of fact, you know, my wife, being of Polish descent, uh, it is a tradition in our home. Uh, she's probably already, as we speak, getting ready uh, to cook the punchkis. So she'll be uh, making punchkis here this morning. So I'm sure I'll have to take a, a bite uh, later on. And uh, also, because uh, this year uh, Valentine's Day falls on Ash Wednesday, we're celebrating our uh, Valentine's Day on Valentine's Eve uh, tonight. So we'll uh, we'll have a nice uh, Sit down, uh, candlelight uh, dinner with the fancy tablecloth
3: and the candles, and and uh, steak is on the menu. No, sounds good. Sounds good, John. For sure. What about you guys? Well, I think for Valentine's we might kind of catch up with that this weekend. And as far as Fat Tuesday, no, no particular traditions. But I tell you, uh, had enough fun food uh, during the latter part of the the Super Bowl. I'm I'm still good for a while. I think. Yeah, I think some folks started their uh, Fat Tuesday celebrations uh,
0: on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. All right. As always, uh, thanks so much, Glenn. Sure thing, John. All right. Uh, we always begin every single hour here on the, the program, always in prayer, uh, giving thanks to our Lord for all the many blessings. And we pray through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary, as uh, we continue to pray for peace in the world, especially in the Middle East and Ukraine. Peace in our nation, peace in our church, and peace in our families. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn, and patroness of relevant radio, pray for us. Saint Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. Saint John Paul II, co patron of relevant radio, pray for us. And we always invoke the Holy Spirit every single morning here when we pray, Come, Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I Tuesdays, I always remind you about the guardian angels. Uh, we should pray to our guardian angel. Do not forget about your guardian angel. These heavenly companions, even though you can't see them, they are with us. And so we should ask our guardian angel for help in our everyday lives. As we do every morning, our power scripture from the playbook of life uh, this morning is from Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith." Imagine all of the saints, the heroes of our faith, crowded into a spiritual stadium, looking down from heaven on the faithful running the race of our faith, cheering us on to that ultimate victory of heaven. The communion of saints in heaven are praying for us and interceding for us in a big way because we are one body. In Christ. At the end of the race, at the finish line, stands our blessed Lord Jesus, waiting with open arms, along with our blessed mother, St. Joseph, all the angels and saints, uh, to reward us in paradise. So keep running the race of life with perseverance, with our eyes fixed on our leader, Christ Jesus the Lord. And we always pray with great confidence uh, that powerful prayer uh, from the Chapel of Divine Mercy that Drew and Maggie pray every afternoon, Jesus, I trust in you. You can find us on uh, social media, our handle on X, formerly Twitter, at Morning Air Show, as well as on Facebook. Facebook. We need to take a short uh, time out when we uh, come back on the other side. Our resident Catholic apologist, William Albrecht, will join us to talk about the biblical and the historical roots of Lent. So uh, stay with us. Uh, There is much more to come on this uh, Fat Tuesday edition of Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.
2: Looking at life from a Catholic worldview, this is Morning Air.
1: On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.
0: And welcome back. Morning, here. I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for joining us on this fat Tuesday morning here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app, our toll free line. If you want to be part of the conversation, 888 914 9149, sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. Now, do you know where the idea of fasting during Lent actually comes from? Why do we have this practice in our Catholic faith? And is fasting actually found? Uh, in the Bible. Joining us live is Morning Air contributor and our resident Catholic apologist, William Albrecht, uh, to talk about the biblical and the historical roots of Lent. William is also an international speaker and debater and has participated in well over 70 live and moderated debates. He runs a website called patristicpillars.com, which is dedicated to the early church fathers, and he's the author of several books, including a complete history of the biblical canon in the Christian East and the Latin West. Good morning, Brother William. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Happy Fat Tuesday. Great to be with you once again.
2: Happy Fat Tuesday, Brother. Great and really thrilled to be with you as we approach. (laughs) Yes, we are already approaching it Ash Wednesday. Lent is already upon us. It's incredible that no matter what, if you are Catholic, really there's something incredible to look forward to Every day, beautiful seasons abound. Really, really thrilled to be here with you.
0: Absolutely. Now, do you, do you guys, uh, have uh, any uh, traditions on Fat Tuesday?
2: Not in particular. We don't over here. In particularly in the German tradition, there's just uh, enjoy food and get ready, get ready for that fast. Uh, I know a lot of our Eastern Catholic brothers and sisters. They began their fasting yesterday already. So hey, uh, hats off to them. But uh, over here in the Latin, right, uh, we haven't gotten there until tomorrow.
0: All right. Well, yeah. And some folks uh, started uh, indulging uh, over the weekend uh, on Super Bowl Sunday, for sure.
2: That is correct. Yes, no doubt. But really, really just thrilled to be here with you. As you know very well, brother, everything we do in the faith has its basis in the Bible and early tradition. And a lot of people tend, don't, don't you kind of encounter people getting confused as to, why are you Catholics fasting? What are you all doing? As if they're confused, as
0: if they think that we just pretty much invented this out of thin air. Absolutely. And in fact, I think there are people who who think uh, that what we call a tradition with a big T uh, are just yeah. uh, human traditions that we literally pulled out of thin air.
2: Yeah, they tend to really think that, but just as the catechism tells us about Lent, In section 1095, it tells us that Lent is discussed in ways in which the church, especially in the liturgy, sees our Lord Christ prefigured in various ways in the Old Testament. It brings up the temptation of Christ in Catechism section 540. And it tells us in section 1095 that during Advent and Lent, and above all, at the Easter Vigil, these are the most important events of what? of salvation history. So we can be sure that just as the church tells us, this really is biblical and it really is ancient because you know, to begin with, we can find it right there in the book of Exodus. The idea of 40 days and the idea of fasting is right there, biblical. And Exodus tells us, the Lord said to Moses, write down these words for in accordance with these words, I have made a covenant with you and with Israel. So he was there with the Lord, 40 days and 40 nights. He did not eat bread or drink water, and he wrote in the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. So there you go. He needed to fast, and that truly is an incredible example of fasting in the Bible.
0: And so uh, we see it in Exodus. We also see it in, in the book of uh, Deuteronomy, which also uh, mentions something about not eating or drinking for 40 days. Can you, can you share a little of that for us? Without a doubt, really incredible that the biblical notion, the idea of needing
2: to fast, to keep the mind and the body pure, is so biblical that even in Deuteronomy 9, we read verse 18, I fell down before the Lord, as at the first 40 days and nights, I neither ate bread nor drank water because of all your sin which you had committed in doing what was evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. Isn't that incredible? We read a fasting for other people who have committed sins. That That's a biblical notion that we hold to even today. And these are pretty incredible and, and intense fasts.
0: Absolutely. And uh, those are just a couple uh, of examples. There's also a, a traditional reading that we see in Mass from uh, um, the book of Joel, uh, which talks about, uh, you know, um, fasting uh, as well. Uh, So there's many that we just highlighted a couple of places, but there's many places in the Old Testament that that talk about fasting. I want to open up our our phone lines and invite uh, our listeners here this morning. uh, If you have any questions or comments uh, about the scriptural basis uh, for Lent and for fasting, or perhaps maybe what uh, the tradition of the church actually teaches about fasting and Lent, we'd love to hear from you if you want to be part of our discussion we are taking your calls for Catholic apologist William Albrecht at 888 914 888-914-914-9. Yeah. In case anybody asks you, you know, why do you crazy Catholics fast during Lent? Uh, we, we're going to have the answer.
2: Yeah, without a doubt. What a great, great example that you bring up though, that, you know, people tend to look at us sometimes and say, you know, where on earth do you read anything of the like in our Lord? But, We talked about it briefly. We alluded to it. And right there in Matthew 4, 1 to 2, we read, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. The, The biblical proceedings for fasting and for doing exactly what we do in our Catholic faith can be found right there in the Bible and in sacred tradition with that big capital T That is a beautiful thing about our faith, isn't it, brother?
0: Uh, No no doubt about it. And uh, these are the words of our Lord, and that that is a powerful scripture. And if we really break it down and meditate, it really is the uh, biblical basis for why we have this 40-day Lenten season. It's, It's right there. We are imitating and following the Savior himself.
2: We really are. And another thing that we tend to get asked very often, brother, you know this, people will say, why on earth are you even talking about ashes or putting ashes on your head? Well, in the gospel of Matthew, when our Lord is rebuking the cities, he says, then he began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works have been done because they did not repent. And he says, woe to you, Chorazin, woe to you, Bethsaida, for the mighty works which were done in you, if they had been done in Tyre and Sidon. They would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. There he tells you right away the positive aspect of repenting. How? In sackcloth and ashes. Right there from the very words, from the very lips of our incarnate Lord.
0: Absolutely. And just uh, uh, to add to that, our Lord Jesus actually uh, says, when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites uh, that neglect their appearance so that they may appear to others to be fasting. He's speaking about fasting specifically, and we'll hear more about that in in tomorrow's uh, Gospel.
2: Yeah, without a doubt. Great, great point that you bring up there because he'll tell you don't fast like the hypocrites do. But he's telling you that there is a positive way of fasting because people back then, they really didn't keep to the faith. And, you know, they would say, well, look at me. I'm holding to the faith. I'm fasting. Yet on the inside, they did not do good works. They did not live or walk in the faith. And that is the important point there. He says, don't shove it in people's faces. Rather, do your fasting the proper way he shows you that fasting is good, it is holy, and repenting in sackcloth and ashes, well, that's biblical. So when you get your ashes tomorrow, for those that are physically and healthy, able to do it, when you get them tomorrow, remember, it is biblical to repent with ashes, sackcloth and ashes.
0: And it's a beautiful thing uh, on Ash Wednesday uh, to see uh, so many people with with the ashes on their forehead. And it's something that uh, you even see among uh, non-Catholic Christians. There's even some Protestants that have actually taken up the tradition.
2: They sure have. And we, we really hope that they continue taking up the tradition to the point of them fully coming home to the fullness of the faith and to really realize, okay, well, why is this being done? And when they continue reading the Bible and then diving into the early church, because the faith doesn't end there at the final book in the book of Revelation. Rather, the faith continues. And if you read the writings of the earliest followers of Christ as they continue to write and document the way the church grew from the beginning, you read that they had these practices of fasting. They had these practices of repenting with ashes And that truly is incredible, because if the apostolic church, the early church taught this, and we're doing this to this day, you can be sure that this truly is an ancient teaching of the Lord, from the Lord.
0: And it's something that we actually find in the Dedicate, which is one of the, the oldest documents that we have that is right about the same time as the New Testament was being put together without a doubt
2: and the didache written incredibly early consider an apostolic era writing tells you before the baptism moreover <clears throat> the one who baptizes and the one being baptized must fast and any others who can and you must tell the one being baptized for fat to fast for one or two days beforehand and then look at this your fast must not be identical with those of the hypocrites citing the bible combining that text, but showing you as early as this early biblical, this early post-biblical text, apostolic church father text, they're fasting already. It was already built into the life of the church.
0: And uh, of course, uh, the Uh, early uh, fathers of our church, uh, the apostolic uh, fathers uh, had uh, a few things to say uh, about uh, fasting beginning uh, with the Shepherd of Hermes uh, right around uh, uh, 90 to somewhere around 90 to 140 AD.
2: Yes, what a great example, because look at what the Shepherd of Hermes tells us. Right, and this is considered an apostolic church father text, meaning this is incredibly early. He says this fasting is very good, provided the commandments of the Lord be observed. And then he goes on to tell you what to do as you fast. And he tells you in chapter three, if you observe fasting as I have commanded you, your sacrifice will be acceptable to God. And this fasting will be written down. And the service thus performed is what? noble and sacred and acceptable to the Lord. Fasting has been a part of the life of the church, as you know very well, brother, a part of the life from the very beginning. So this notion of Lent, of fasting, it's biblical and it is ancient and I am thrilled that as a Catholic, I get to partake in it yet again, yet another year.
0: Wasn't the Shepherd of Hermes one of those books that did make it into the canon, but it did have some authority at the time?
2: Yes, without a doubt, like many other books that were incredibly important to read, the Shepherd of Hermes did not make it into the canon, but the early church viewed it as an ecclesiastical book. Now, what does that mean? That means at Mass, they would read from it because it had good and profitable instruction. Not a biblical book, but a book that contained truths of the faith and an incredibly important book. You talked about the dates of this book. I mean, we're talking about right after the close of the Book of Revelation is written, this author of The Shepherd of Hermes, he's writing and getting towards finishing his text and he's talking about the way the early church lived and breathed the faith. I got to tell you, brother, that truly is amazing.
0: All right. And then when you throw in uh, the uh, early uh, church fathers uh, uh, before, during, and, a- and after uh, the, the Nicene uh, Creed uh, time, uh, it's, it's pretty compelling.
2: Oh, it truly is. And talking about those particular figures, we've got the great Saint Irenaeus. And in talking, he's talking with Pope Victor. And Irenaeus tells us the dispute is not only about the day, but also the actual character of the fast. Some think that they ought to fast for one day, some for two, others still for more. Some make their day last 40 hours on end. Such variation in the observance did not originate in our own day, but very much earlier, in the time of our forefathers. So he tells you right there, Hey, and he's writing in the 100s, around 175, 180. He says, this belief of fasting, this is ancient. It doesn't originate here, but it originates in the time of our forefathers. I got to tell you, brother, if he's hearkening to way earlier than his time, and he's writing in the 100s, he's talking to the fact that this is a biblical and ancient teaching.
0: And um, the Eastern uh, father, St. Athanasius, also had uh, something to say about fasting. No doubt. And he's writing this in
2: his festal letter in the early 300 saying, you should proclaim the fast of 40 days to the brethren and persuade them to fast. He's telling them, lest while all the world is fasting, we who are in Egypt should be derided as the only people who do not fast, but take our pleasure in these days. He's saying, you got to fast. And he says, my beloved, whether in this way or any other way, persuade and teach them to fast for the 40 days. He's urging them, you've got to fast. This belief in fasting, this belief in Lent is biblical, and it is ancient, practiced
0: by the early church from the very beginning, brother. And uh, another one of the great doctors of the church, uh, St. Augustine, uh, he had something really powerful to say uh, uh, about fasting uh, here during Lent. Oh, and these
2: words blow me away. He says, fasting cleanses the soul, raises the mind, subjects one's flesh to the spirit, renders the heart contrite and humble, scatters the clouds of concupiscence, quenches the fire of lust, and kindles the true light of chastity. And he says, enter again into yourself. But aren't those words amazing? Fasting truly does cleanse the soul and it raises the mind. We should ponder and meditate upon those words as we approach Lent.
0: And uh, we just gave you uh, just a sample of uh, some of the the biblical and the patristic evidence uh, for the Catholic teaching uh, on fasting. There's actually much, much more. Uh, Where can our listeners go if they want to find out more uh, on your website? They can go to
2: www.patristicpillars.com and they can find out all I'm working on there. New books, new debates, new projects. Just really thrilled to be able to share all this with them this morning.
0: And, A
2: happy beginning of Lent tomorrow to you, brother, and everybody tuning in.
0: Thank you uh, so much, uh, Brother William. A happy Fat Tuesday and many blessings during Lent.
2: Thank you very much. Look forward to being back with you, brother.
0: For sure. Catholic apologist William Albrecht, the author of A Complete History of the Biblical Canon in the Christian East and Latin West. We need to take a short pause. One Morning Air continues. Father John Gordon, the Secretary for Evangelization for the Archdiocese of Newark, will uh, join us to talk about Ash Wednesday, fasting and abstinence, as well as how we can make sacrifices for our loved ones on Valentine's Day. So stay with us. We are headed down the stretch on Uh, this Fat Tuesday edition of Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Are you tired of educational options that are one size fits all? Our sponsor, Colby Academy, offers the flexibility of both accredited online and traditional school-at-home options to fit the needs of your child. Visit
2: relevantradio.com slash Colby. This is Morning Air, your home for faith, fun, and news in the morning, on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Got that sunshine in my pocket, got that good soul in my feet, I feel that hot in my body when it drops. And welcome back
0: to Morning Air. Happy Fat Tuesday to all of you. I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for tuning in this morning here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. In case you missed us uh, discussing it and talking about it and thanking all of you uh, yesterday, uh, and we've been talking about it here this morning, just I want to say for anybody that's just joining us... uh, big, huge thank you to you, our Relevant Radio family, for another amazing give from the heart winner pledge drive last week. It may have been the best ever winner uh, pledge drive that we've ever had here at Relevant Radio. Uh, thanks again for your just incredible generosity and unbelievable support. We did reach our goal of $3 million in the final minutes, the last half hour of the Drew Mariani show last Friday. Thank you uh, to also to Our Lady of Lourdes for her uh, powerful and beautiful intercession. Uh, We uh, prayed a lot of memoraries, uh, and Our Lady came through for us, as she always does. Uh, In case you missed our pledge drive last week, for whatever reason, uh, you can still give from the heart and make a tax-deductible donation by giving us a call at 877-291-0123. Or uh, you can make your pledge uh, safely and securely online at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. As always, uh, our email, if you want to uh, share any thoughts uh, with us uh, directly, it's MorningAir at RelevantRadio.com. And you might want to just write down this number if you want to be part of the program here this morning, 888 888-914-9149, 914 Now, uh, as we've been talking about uh, throughout the show this morning, the beginning of Lent is literally less than 24 hours away. Ash Wednesday is tomorrow, and our next guest this morning will give us a reminder of uh, what norms Catholics should actually practice uh, tomorrow, and uh, also Fridays uh, during Lent, and especially Good Friday, and uh, what uh, fasting and abstinence actually is all about. Joining us live is our spiritual director, Father John Gordon, for much more on uh, Ash Wednesday and Lent. Father Gordon is the Secretary for Evangelization for the Archdiocese of Newark, as well as a longtime relevant radio and morning air contributor. Good morning, Father Gordon. Happy Fat Tuesday. Thanks so much uh, for uh, being with us uh, once again. It is uh, always a joy to be with you.
1: Yes, today I actually resemble the name Fat Tuesday, so I'm glad for that. Hopefully I'll Go to Lent and resemble something much slimmer, <laughs> praise the Lord. But yes, Happy Fat Tuesday, Happy Shrove Tuesday, or Pancake Tuesday, as it's sometimes known. And it's a great opportunity for us to prepare for the great season of Lent, a really great opportunity for growing in holiness, for growing in uh, more closely to the Lord Jesus, and to growing in greater imitation of Him, that His character might be more perfectly formed in us, which is really what all of Lent is about because Lent is a fact of preparation for the renewal of our baptism promises at the Easter Sunday, Easter Masses. And so that's all about having Christ formed in
0: us. Well, Father, I'm just curious. uh, What what do uh, priests do on Fat Tuesday?
1: (laughs) Well, we get ready for uh, Lent. We make sure we have our ashes and uh, our schedule put together. Um, But, you know, this is sometimes called Shrove Tuesday, and that's a reference to forgiveness, to be shriven of our sins. And I know many people look forward to celebrating the sacrament of reconciliation, especially towards the end of Lent. But it's also very appropriate to celebrate the sacrament of reconciliation even before Lent begins. And then we can do it again at the end of Lent and see, did we make any progress uh, in, that, in some of these spiritual areas in, or some of these areas in our lives? But be that as it may, uh, it's an opportunity for us to just kind of begin to get ready. I need to do not only the preparation for the people of God during Lent in terms of uh, offering variety of services, uh, Ash Wednesday, the Stations of the Cross, typically on Fridays during Lent, other devotions or other uh, spiritual renewal opportunities, but I also have to prepare for my own Lenten journey, for my own opportunity in the season of Lent to grow in holiness. As a matter of fact, I met with a group of brothers or a group of men earlier this morning to go and to go over just that itself. What are we, each one of us, doing to prepare for and to enter into the great gift of Lent?
0: Well, Father Gordon, uh, of course, uh, less than 24 hours away, uh, Lent officially begins tomorrow uh, on Ash Wednesday. Uh, it, it's, it's an obligatory day of fasting and abstinence for uh, Catholics. Can you remind us and, and share with us some of the basics of uh, how uh, sure. we uh, should properly uh, practice uh, not, not only Ash Wednesday, but uh, the, the season of Lent?
1: Correct. Well, for the the regulation, as it were, for tomorrow, for Ash Wednesday, it is a day of fast and abstinence. By fasting, it means we should, if you're between the ages of 14 and 60, and unless you're otherwise impeded by poor health, or for example, uh, pregnant women, which is not an issue of poor health, but an issue of good health, um, that uh, the obligation for fasting is to have only one main meal. You may have up to two smaller meals that combined do not exceed that main meal. And there should be no eating between meals. So that's fasting. And that's, uh, we're obliged to do that tomorrow, Ash Wednesday, as well as Good Friday. And then uh, tomorrow, Ash Wednesday, and all the Fridays of Lent are also days of abstinence, which means no meat. And, of course, that used to be true for us as Catholics all the Fridays throughout the year. Um, And then uh, after the council, when some of these uh, regulations were uh, reviewed, it was discerned that rather than obligating the people of God to no meat on Friday, that can be replaced with a different penance. And I think sometimes that is lost. But the idea of meatless Fridays, the idea of of fasting, is to develop a hunger within us for God, who is the bread of life, and not just to kind of not eat but to almost create a desire for God all the more. So those are the the minimum, as it were, regulations that we're obliged to for fasting and abstaining during the season of Lent. But they're given to us so that we might use it as a starting point, as a jumping-off point for how else am I going to approach the holy season of Lent to make a gift of myself to the one who makes a gift of himself to me, that is the Lord God. And, of course, the traditional Lenten disciplines are prayer, fasting and almsgiving.
0: And Father Gordon, uh, I want to open up our phone lines uh, and invite uh, our listeners, if you have any questions whatsoever, if you want to be part of our conversation on Lent and fasting, uh, if you have any thoughts uh, that you want to share with us uh, on maybe how uh, you are celebrating Valentine's Day uh, uh, tomorrow, Mm -hmm. since uh, it uh, coincides with Ash Wednesday. Some folks are celebrating tonight. Uh, If you're one of them, we'd love to hear from you. We're, We're taking your calls for Father John Gordon. At triple eight nine one four nine one four nine triple eight nine one four nine one four nine, Father, I find it fascinating that um, on Ash Wednesday the churches are pretty full. In some places, it almost looks like a Sunday. I think some folks actually think that it's a holy day of obligation, but it actually isn't.
1: Correct, it is not, but it is a, a day that is holy, and I think that one of the things that's very attractive about Ash Wednesday is the the um the physicality of it there's a way in which as we become more and more high tech and more and more disengaged from one another and isolated from one another a day like ash wednesday in which we're actually touched in which ashes are imposed upon our forehead reminds us that we need one another we need the lord and we need the communion of faith and when you get your ashes on Ash Wednesday or your, uh, and you look around and, and wherever environments you're in and you see other people with ashes on their forehead, you have a little smile within yourself that says, you want to say, good on you, good for you, not being uh, afraid to wear your ashes and, and uh, proclaiming your faith in a particular way. And one thing I want to say to our listeners, especially with respect to Ash Wednesday, everyone is able to receive ashes. You do not need to be a Catholic. You do not need to be baptized. Everyone is able to receive ashes. It's a sacramental, not a sacrament. And so everybody, babies in arms and everybody can receive ashes. It's a way of reminding us wherever we are in our spiritual journey, wherever we are in our life, it reminds us death death is, what is, the, is the horizon that will measure everything else in our lives. You remember that you are dust and unto dust you shall return. It's one of the options to be heard as ashes are imposed upon us. The other is turn away from sin and believe in the gospel. But it it reminds us that, that that awareness of everything is gonna be measured anew on that last day for our lives. And how am I doing? How am I preparing? How is this moment preparing me for that ultimate judgment?
0: And, uh, Father Gordon, it's, it's a beautiful thing on Ash Wednesday when you see uh, people walking around with the ashes on, on their forehead. They're, they're, they're obviously uh, not ashamed of the gospel. They're not ashamed to have those ashes on their forehead. And I, I especially uh, really am uh, I'm impressed when I turn on, you know, uh, television and I see network anchors on some networks actually wearing the ashes on live television. And to me, that says a lot.
1: Yes, and I know that i read different articles over the years by various ones of those and the debate that they go on that goes on within them and you know we have a freedom of religious expression in our country that we really shouldn't be able it should not be denied of us. You can go to the hospital and see medical staff with uh, ashes on or go to any place of business and see people with ashes on and and if you do so i and if you have the occasion to say to somebody hey uh, I want to encourage you for for for." having your ashes on today. I want to encourage you in that regard. That's just a great thing because sometimes you might feel a little isolated, like, oh, is anybody, is everybody, everybody's looking at me. Well, yeah, they are, to tell you the truth. But that's a great opportunity. And sometimes people will ask, sometimes people don't know, what does that mean? And then you have a chance to remind them and explain to them, this begins the holy season of Lent, which I'm called to more and more join myself to Christ, that I might become more about like Him. And that's a great opportunity to share the gospel.
0: And, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, fasting and abstinence, but uh, really I think the, the point is uh, the, our Lord wants our hearts. Uh, he wants us yes. to sacrifice something for Him. It can even be just a, a little sacrifice. It can be just that little hunger of, you know, yearning for a Snickers bar and saying no to That's oneself, right. denying oneself. Can you, can you talk about how um, that is a, another way of uh, offering sacrifice, uh, the little things that we can do during Lent?
1: Yeah, self-denial is a wonderful uh, uh, spiritual discipline. It's wonderful physical discipline, and we can approach it uh, two ways. For example, we can approach fasting as a type of dieting, uh, and that has a certain value to it. But doesn't it doesn't often carry the spiritual value? Fasting is not just about losing weight or eating less. It's about a denial of the self, so that we can make more room for Christ. And for others of us, especially if you cannot fast uh, because of health reasons or, or the like, there are other self-disciplines, other denials of the self that we can do. Maybe to not hit the snooze alarm, or maybe to take that cold shower, or maybe to sleep on the floor, or maybe to interrupt our sleep, to do some prayer of vigils during the night, Uh, or maybe to uh, not go to bed unless I've taken my prayer time, Uh, to do some spiritual reading or whatever it might be. Different ways of denying the self uh, to, uh, to agree to not complain, and when we do that, it can be helpful to have somebody else who's in our life to help remind us of that. Now, I said to my husband, my spouse, you might say, uh, I want to not complain at all during Lent. So uh, if you find me complaining, just give me a little gentle reminder. I have a friend of mine uh, who used to say that for Lent, she would give up sarcasm, but only for Lent.
0: <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. Well,
1: yeah, it is. Yeah. I don't think that's a quite the discipline. If we can grow in the self-denial, especially with something that is, is good for us to get rid of, like sarcasm or complaining, we want to do that not just for Lent. Uh, but there are some things we give up just for Lent. So we might have a favorite uh, dessert or a favorite TV show. We might love to go to the movies. decide I'm not going to go to any movies during Lent. Um, whatever it might be, there's just a reminder. I'm not going to take the elevator. I'm going to take the stairs. Little things by themselves don't mean much, but we can link them in our mind and heart to a penitential discipline. Lent is a penitential season. It's a reminder that I am a sinner. I need to repent so that my life can be changed and converted.
0: Which again, uh, we cannot emphasize enough. Uh, if you if you can go to confession uh, during the, the, the Lenten season, maybe like you said in the beginning, and then at, towards the end, uh, you know, in anticipation of, of Good Friday, uh, it's a beautiful thing because, after all, that's what our Lord wants. He wants that 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 uh, conversion of heart. He he wants our hearts.
1: Yes, he wants us just as he gives himself to us. He wants us he doesn't just want our sacrifices but he wants our sins he wants our weaknesses because those are things that are uniquely ours it's the very reason he came to take our burden to take our weakness to make it his strength and it's in that poverty it's in that weakness as saint paul found in second corinthians it's in that poverty in that weakness that his strength his richness is revealed so it's a wonderful opportunity dear listeners to take Lent very seriously. And so you have this day, the day before Ash Wednesday, the Shrove Tuesday, as we said, this is a good day to do a little, to stop at some point uh, before the day is over, before you go to bed tonight, and think about what am I gonna do for Lent? Or what am I gonna allow God to do for me in Lent? And how might I prepare myself to receive that?
0: Um, uh, father gordon uh, obviously this is an unusual situation doesn't happen every year with valentine's day being on yeah, the same yeah, day yeah. as ash wednesday uh any suggestions yeah. i i shared with you what yeah. we're doing uh, tonight we're going to be actually yeah. uh, celebrating uh, the vigil of valentine's day
1: it's, 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 actually, it's actually a great thing to celebrate the vigil of valentine's day this evening um or to wait till next sunday for example even to wait for whenever but the other thing that's interesting i think that I don't think it's any just kind of like an oddity that Ash Wednesday and Valentine's are the same day. Ash Wednesday is an expression of God's love for us. And the fact that the falls on Valentine's Day can remind us that God's love for us is passionate and is, 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 is unitive and desires us fully. And so, dear friends... As you, as you uh, need to uh, celebrate uh, Valentine's for some reason in uh, the relationship you're in, praise the Lord. Do that this evening. And let tomorrow be an opportunity for you as a couple to share your love for God as a wonderful way of growing in holiness and perhaps in unity with yourselves, with each other.
0: As always, really appreciate uh, your spiritual direction. Father, can you give us uh, your blessing?
1: And the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with kindness. May Almighty God bless you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. And many blessings to you. Happy Fat Tuesday. Uh, Father John Gordon. Thank you so very much. Uh, the Secretary for Evangelization for the Archdiocese of Newark and a longtime relevant radio contributor. And now it is time once again for another episode of Glen Story Corner.
3: Our story today is called Echoes of Kind Words by Steve Goodyear. A little boy said to his father, let's play darts. I'll throw the darts and you say wonderful. Here's a boy who's not afraid to ask for the encouragement that he needs. Maybe we all have something to learn from him. Inspirational author and educator Father Brian Cavanaugh relates a story about the devastating effects of discouragement. Dante Gabriel Rossetti, the famous 19th century poet and artist was once approached by an elderly man who asked him to look at a few of his sketches and drawings. The gentleman wanted to know if the artist thought they were of any value. As gently as possible, Rosetti told the man the sketches were of no value and showed little talent. He apologized for the harsh assessment but said that he believed he should be honest. The visitor was disappointed but asked the artist if he could take a look at just a few more which were all done by a young art student. Rosetti looked over the second batch of sketches and immediately became enthusiastic or the talent they revealed. These, he said, oh, these are good. He went on to say the young student shows much promise and should be given every help and encouragement, as he may have a great future if he'll study and work hard. The old man was deeply moved. Rossetti asked, who is this fine young artist, your son? No, replied the visitor sadly, it is I, 40 years ago. If only I had heard your praise then, for you see, I became discouraged and gave up too soon. St. Mother Teresa wisely said, Kind words can be short and easy to speak, but their echoes are truly endless. Sometimes it may be enough to just say, Wonderful. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. As always, thanks so much,
0: uh, Glenn. Really do appreciate it. Want to uh, remind you to join Father Rocky and Maggie for the Family Rosary Across America with all your prayers and petitions live at 7 p.m. Central tonight and every night of the week. You can pray and watch it on Relevant Radio or the Relevant Radio app. And that'll do it for this fat Tuesday, February 13, 2024 edition of Morning Air. For Glenn Leverance, producers Gabby Burke, in for Sarah Tafoya, Young Thomas and our entire Morning Air team. I'm John Morales. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Let your light shine before all. God bless America. We'll see you on Ash Wednesday on the next edition of Morning Air. The Patrick Madrid Show is straight ahead.